You're listening to audio from the Regenerate Podcast, a ministry of River City Church in Lewiston, Idaho. For more information about Regenerate, visit rivercitychurch.us. I'm do something a little bit unique tonight, but it's some, I'm bringing back something um, which was, used to be like a trend that we used to do here at Regenerate, which is our theological question of the week. So a, few, a couple weeks ago, I had you guys write down some theological questions or just like questions about life in general. And so the rule is I have two minutes to try to answer like the deepest questions in life, which is really easy um, because I have a master's degree, which means I'm more con- I, I, am, I have more things to be confused about than the average person. I don't know how that, anyway, whatever. The point is this, I, I'm here to answer some of your basic questions. And so the first question is super easy. Are you guys ready? I'm going to drum roll for our first theological question of the week. Because the question is, give me a shh. Okay. The question is, who is God? Easy, right? Super. Okay. Two minutes. Uh, God. Okay. So, um, <laughs> We uh, believe in one God. There's a, uh, so the Bible teaches uh, at the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, it says that in the beginning, God, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so it introduces to us the main character and the setting and everything of like all of history and time. And so this book talks a lot about God. There's 66 books in here, in fact, and that's kind of what we spend our time studying at Regenerate so we can get to understand who God is and how he made us and why he made us. Anyway, we understand that God is one also because in the Jewish scriptures it indicates that one of the big things that Hebrew people had to memorize was this one verse that says, The Lord our God, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord he is one. So there's this understanding that there's only one creator God. There are not multiple gods. However, in Genesis 1-1, the word for God is plural and the noun is singular. What does that mean? It means that God has a multiplicity within himself. In other words, there are three persons within one Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three have coexisted eternally, and it's sort of like space. There's length, there's width, there's height. You can't have space with all, without all three, and yet they are each distinct from each other. So God has always existed, and in the person of Jesus Christ, he made himself real. That means God came down to earth and became incarnate. That means he became a person, and also now through the Holy Spirit, God is continuing to work, be at work in the world. So we know that God was the same God then that he is now. How am I doing for time? 45 seconds, I'm still doing good. Okay, so the, the main thing is this, this, this amazing God created human beings in his likeness and image. And so there's something about humanity that actually reflects who God is. And this is like vastly important because if we look at people and we see the beautiful things about them, the beautiful things about the world, what we're seeing is actually the beautiful things that God created. And it reflects the fact that all of this was given to us on purpose by a creator. And if he designed us, then he knows what is best for us. And what is best for us is the love of God in Jesus. How we do? 13 seconds. 13 seconds left. Any other further questions about God? I think I fixed all the world's problems. No, I didn't. But anyway, there's your theological question of the week. All right, thank you. Guys. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause for supplying the question. We're going to be answering more, more of those questions on our podcast, on the Regenerate podcast, which you can find anywhere. But tonight, we have a really special treat. I would like to introduce to you um, somebody who is uh, going to blow your minds with how, just how generally awesome he is. Uh, Jim Stuck... Yeah, yeah, come on up. Guys, this is Jim Stuck. Everybody give it up for Jim Stuck. So Jim is the associate, let me get this right. Is it the associate director? I don't know. He doesn't even know his job, okay? But he works for Young Life. Does anybody know what Young Life is? Yes. Yes? Okay. He can tell you more about it, and I'm sure he would love to answer your questions about it as well. Uh, But Jim is really cool, and I really appreciate the fact that Jim is sitting down so he doesn't make me look as short as I actually am. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm, I've known Jim for a long time and, uh, Jim has actually been like, uh, a really awesome, 
it's kind of funny because Jim and I have had, had like intersections through our lives where we haven't like run in the same circles all the time, but every time our circles intersect, I'm really glad for Jim. Uh, he's had such an, an amazing impact on a lot of people in this valley, a lot of young people who don't know anything about what it means to be loved, who don't know anything about what it means to, to encounter God, and he's introduced people. He spent years and how long have you been doing this? Like a decade? Yeah, like 13 years. Like 13 years uh, working with uh, youth and young adults in the Lewis Clark Valley. And so he's going to be giving us the word tonight. So if you guys have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 4 because we started this series in Mark and he's going to be continuing in that. So get ready. Uh, Jim's going to lead us in some teaching tonight, and then we have some discussion questions, which leaders, I'm going to supply you with those questions to lead in your regroup. So you guys ready? Can we give it up for Mr. Jim Stuck, everybody? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I went to high school at Lewiston High School. I'm from Florida. I lived here, moved here when I was like 12. I left, went back to... The, the great state of Tennessee, uh, worked at Dollywood, Dolly Parton's theme park, it's the greatest place on earth. If you haven't been, go to Dolly Parton's theme yes. park. Um, and then I got brought back here. So this is where I'm at now. Um, y'all, y'all are a generation that is, is different from any generation you've, you've ever had, we've ever had here. Uh, I hope y'all know that. Um, y'all walk in a world that has opportunities upon opportunities for you. And that has, uh, I can only assume, the good and bad in that, right? You have, you have everything at your fingertips. Uh, when I left my house to go skateboarding on a Tuesday night, my mom told me to be back at nine and she just kind of hoped I'd be back at nine, right? Uh, you could get a phone call, you could get a text, you could get all those kind of things happening. Um, you know, you might even have a parent who has your uh, Find My Friends app, right? So they know where you're at. Um, I have that um, with just a couple buddies. So we know each, where each other's at. But that is, that is the reality of y'all. Y'all have faced a whole different challenge in life than, than I did when I was in high school. Um, and you have these opportunities on one side and on the other side, you have the amount of opportunities leaves you, could, could I say leaves you a little bit like confused of which one to pick? Yeah, like what do I do? Um, the options that are played out there. Um, and then on top of that, we have layers, right? If we look at our life, it's not just a single simple layer of life. Uh, life for you involves you as a person, it involves your family, it involves your upbringing, it involves the friends that you chose, it involves what people spoke to you in, in formative years of high school and middle school and how you view yourself, how other people have viewed you, how you, what you believe about yourself. And then in the midst of all that stuff, uh, you've had something, what I would call survival strategies how to survive at a, at a time in your life. And you're like, this is, this is how I know to survive. Um, and we have outcomes that come from that. Um, and, and we believe that those things help us, right? The names that we were called, the people that we hung out with, all these different aspects of life. And now we're at a different stage. Uh, you've left high school, you're moving into college, you're trying to figure out, all right, what does this look like now? Um, and the reality that uh, hopefully doesn't rupture you is, you know, there's, there's aspects of being in high school where you're like, these are the people I have to be around. And now you don't have to be around those people. But in life, you'll be, you'll be put with coworkers that you probably don't want to be around, bosses you probably don't want to be around, other people that you're kind of forced to sit next to and be around, and it just continues on. And so for us, we have to figure out, who am I? What is my name? Uh, what am I declaring over myself? What am I right. speaking about myself? And what am I believing about myself? And that walks us through it. I say you have tons of opportunities because you have just as many opportunities to figure out and decide what you want to be and who you want to be. 
Um, and, and it can leave you paralyzed. It can leave you feeling like, what am I supposed to do? What is the right decision? Um, and, and Sam hit on this, right? So Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 1, it says, and I'll read it to you because I know you got Mark 4 open. Uh, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So as we think about this, here, here's the thought. We, our creator created all of this. Our creator took formless chaos. And as, he, as the spirit of God hovered over formless chaos, we don't hear that our creator says, man, that's chaos. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what that, I, I don't know what's even, this is, I'm scared. I am intimidated. I am worried. I am fearful of this unstructured chaos our creator doesn't ever say that right our creator looks at it and goes all right i'm gonna hover over these waters because i'm the calmness i'm i'm the life that this this has in this unstructured chaos and then it then it goes on to verse three and it says then god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light was good and then he separated the light from the darkness and god called the light day and the darkness night he separated those and said this is good he took unstructured chaos and, and he said, this is good. In your and my life, we will have chaos. Right. We will have unstructured chaos come into that. Our creator looks at that and says, I'm not intimidated by that. I'm not freaked out by that. I'm not worried about that in your life because your life is going to have that. The difference between a life with God and a life without God is we have a hope in something that's beyond you and I. We have to realize at some point in our life that we don't have control over very much. And that can leave you feeling very relieved or that can leave you very, feeling very freaked out and nervous about all those opportunities you have in front of you. I will say that God doesn't have just one plan for you and that might, that might freak out some of you and might be you know, against it. But I do believe in life God hands you open doors and he will close the ones that make sure that, that, uh, that no, that is not where you to go. But at times you also have multiple doors open and you have to choose. Each of those doors has pros and cons. Each of those doors will live different lives. Uh, I could have stayed on staff at Young Life. I had a job on Young Life staff in Tennessee and I could have stayed there. I was dating a girl. We probably could have gotten married, you know, whatever. My life would have looked a lot different. I said, no, I think I need to move back to Idaho. And so I moved back to Idaho and I, and I prayed a lot and I said, God, give me, please choose for me. And I, and I do believe there was no answer. So I said, all right, I got to choose one. And I give you the flip side of that. I had a summer, the summer I worked at Dollywood, I had, uh, I want to make money. So I said, I don't want to do that job. I'm going to make as much money as possible. Had the job, everything was lined up. Then my boss calls and says, you don't have the job anymore. I'm like, well, I don't have the job. All right, fine. I found a different job. I'm gonna work this other job. They said, no, you don't have that job anymore. <laughs> Two days before I, I needed to go start work at Dollywood, I called Dollywood and I said, can I come work? And they said, yes, come on. And they gave me a job. And that was, that was what I needed to do for that summer, uh, is do that. So as we look at the unstructured chaos that is, that is create, what creation is made out of, and God says, hey, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna make good out of it. In the same way, we look at Mark 4, and uh, Mark 4, and we're looking at verses 21 through 
25. Then Jesus asked them, he asked his disciples, he asked the people that were with them, he said, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that was hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Everything that is hidden will come to life at some point. If it's not this life, it, it is after this. Uh, you know, the, the crazy part for you in your life is, is the world that you have to brave every day. And I am so proud of y'all for doing this. Like, I will speak this to anybody under the age of like 25. Y'all have lived a different life than I have um, because the amount of noise in your life, the amount of, of stuff going on in your life, the amount of... I, I truly believe, and you can shake your head or you can just stare at me, um, that, uh, you know, you, you realize that there's a different level to it when you say, hey, everything that is in darkness will be brought to light. Everything that is hidden will come to light. You understand that a little different because of the life that you've been brought up in with social media, with, with the cameras being accessible on phones, all that kind of stuff. I had a cord on my, my phone at home and an answer machine, and I tried to have the longest cord possible so I could get it into another room so I could talk to my girlfriend um, that I wish I had. Uh, right? Um, you have this. Everything that is hidden will be brought eventually out in the open, and every secret will be brought to light. And then he goes on and Jesus speaks to him and he says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. <coughs> Guys, the, the tension I'm in right now in my life um, and what I do uh, with Young Life and the people I, I hang around um, is trying to figure out what do we do with the lives that we've been given and the, the chaos that feels like it's in them and especially the stuff that hasn't, it's not yours, right? In my life, I want to put a scoreboard up that says, hey, here's all the stuff I've done wrong and this is all my fault. And I want to make sure that I point on that stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that's happened in our life that's made our survival strategies happen because of of what just life has given you. Yeah. And I don't know the answers to it, and I can't tell you the, the answers to God's, God's goodness that comes out of chaos and unstructured and the, the things that have been done to you. That you would say, that's not my fault, that's, that was done to me. And as we read this, we take it and we go, all right, what's the understanding that we need to take from it? What, uh, God, I want you to grow in my understanding uh, of this stuff rather than having you just take it away from me. Because I, I, I want to do my own thing. And the only thing I can say is, when we decide to take control ourselves, and we try to have the faith ourselves and just say, you know what, my faith is only going to be in me. And I lived a life for a long time that was just me. I, I took control of my life. I was in charge of my life. And you don't get in the way of my life. Here's what I know. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, if you want to open up to that spot. Now, above this, you have the tension because our lives, one, if you hang out on me long enough, you'll hear me talk about the tensions. There's the tensions in our life, right? But everyone is about each other. We're all good and we're all, you know, believe in each other and we all have this happiness. But at the same time, there is so much darkness in the world that it's like they're always in tension with each other. 
we live in a world now that's like everybody's accepted and everyone needs to be cared for and everyone does this. Yet there's an underbelly of the world of a sex marketing and all these other crap that is is there and and is the epitome of darkness. It's a tension piece. So above this, you have love is patient, love is kind, all these good, warm feelings about weddings. And then if you look at verse 11 through 13. When I was a child, I spoke and I thought and reasoned as a child. When I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see these things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. That's part of the understanding that I believe Jesus is talking about in Mark 4. But then, in the end, I will know everything completely. And if there's nothing else you heard from me, this is the last part of the understanding that we need to know. I'll know everything completely just as God knows me completely right now. God knows you completely just as you are. It is confusing to know that. It is, it is like trying to figure out, all right, so God already knows that the painting is complete. God already knows you complete. God already knows there is nothing else you have to do to fix that. There is nothing you have to do. There's nothing in your control that can fix that God knows you completely. That for me is like, what? So in me understanding more, I need to go, all right, so God, you already know me completely right now as I am. So I don't need to go into a world now that goes, all right, I need to fix it. I need to change it. I need to solve it. I need to have control over it. God, you know, you you know me completely. And he calls you beloved he calls you beloved. He calls you delighted in you. That's right. So what does that do for our life if we actually truly know that we are delighted in? That I don't have to fight the tension that says, I need to figure out how to fix the sin in my life. I need to figure out how to fix the problems in my life for me to be loved and delighted in. That I know that I'm delighted in exactly as I am. That's an understanding piece that will take your whole life because we will always see it partially and incomplete. And I take hope in that. Right. And I am also trying to figure out how to put my faith in that. So God knows you completely as you are right now. And God wants to, to continue to grow you into understanding of who you are and who he is and how he is intersecting in a lot of parts of your life and making good out of it. And at the same time, we live in a tension that says, okay, I need to move forward and I need to continue to grow as a person, but I'm completely known and I'm completely loved and delighted in right now. So how does that change as you focus on what you need to fix or solve or the opportunities in front of you? You say, all right, God, you have opportunities in front of me and I want to know what to do with that, but I'm also going to live in the freedom and the hope that, that is putting my faith in something that I don't completely feel like I can put my faith in. And that is okay to vocalize. I am struggling to put my faith in this. But David, if you look at all the Psalms, a lot of times he's saying the same exact thing. I am struggling to put my faith in, but it's, it's earmarked. It's at the end. It's, it's capped with, but I know this about you, God. But I know you know me completely. And I'm going to put my trust in that you know me completely, even as I don't know myself. 
good. That's what I got for y'all. There is tension you will live for the rest of your life with people and with yourself and internally and externally. And if there's one life piece I'll leave you with, is thinking about the survival strategies that you used when you were 13, 14, 8, 6, whatever that was. And look at it now and go, do those survival strategies still work for me now? Or are those actually enabling me in relationships, disabling me in situations? Because those survival strategies is not how God is calling me to survive now. Because he calls you into life. That's good. That's good. Okay? Yeah. Sam, there you go. Right on. Guys, can we give it up for Jim Stuck? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Regenerate Podcast. And if you enjoyed our content, please feel free to subscribe. If you have any questions or would like to send us feedback, send us an email at regeneratelcsc at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Regenerate, changing the world for Jesus, one person at a time.